the all-time, undisputed, undefeated champion of love. It's not the vocabulary I usually use every day to describe my Savior. I believe that that is who he is. So thanks be to God. God, I pray that as we spend moments together to start this new year together, I pray, God, that you would stir us just simply to adore you, to see how beautiful and strong you are, and to know that you indeed are in control. And we bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. A lot of remembering over the last week in my home, um, just reviewing the year as we have gone through this Christmas season, um, the first Christmas season without Leah's mom being with us. It's been very tender. Uh, Leah announced to Trey and I on uh, a few days before Christmas that she really wanted to make Granny's sugar cookie dough and um, just like Granny would make it. And so Leah and I and Trey sat at the table on Christmas Day and rolled out and cut sugar cookies and ate sugar cookies and ate sugar cookies and ate sugar cookies and just remembered, just remembered her and remembered and thought about what her celebration must be like there. Uh, about 10 days ago, Lee and I also traveled to Charlotte, where I'm from. Uh, Mark, I appreciated your update this morning. My dad is, uh, lives in Charlotte. He's 93, and he is near death as well. We went into his room on uh, the particular day we were there, and Leah and my growing up family unit, we were all in the room together. It was a really dear time. My dad had been in therapy. I did not know at that time that my dad actually had had a little bit of morphine um, to just help him with the rigor of his uh, time that morning. And pretty much after talking to my, he was asleep when we got there, he started talking to my mom straightway about the morning. He was not aware that I was there yet, nor Leah. And then when he became aware that I was there, there, were, there was no um, middle ground. My dad just started reviewing his life my dad began to say things about regrets that he had had about the way he was as we had grown up together as a family. And at one point in time, he looked into my eyes and said, I'm sorry. So I and Leah have been reviewing our family roots during this holiday season. You know what? Reviewing family roots can be really, really hard. And it can be really, really amazing. And that's what I want to invite you and I to do together this morning. You know something that I loved about this year in thinking about reviewing the year? I loved our family camp weekend. I thought it was so fun. Wasn't it fun, Casey? It was fun. And I want to go back a bit brief, briefly this morning to the verses that we hung out in while we were at family camp. I have this really distinct, beautiful memory when, with us all gathered in circles on Saturday morning, and we were looking into Acts 2, and I invited each of the 14 circles to read the verses together, and there was this really sweet moment. I don't know if everybody caught it, but as each circle was reading, 
the voices began to subside and there was one circle kind of off to the far right where one of the young girls of our church, thanks be to God that she was the scripture reader in that circle of the generations. And she was slowly, methodically working her way reading through Acts 2, 42 through 47. And all of a sudden, as everybody else finished reading, there was a bit of a hush and we all just paused and we listened to her sweet voice as she was reading the end of her verses. It's a really sweet memory for me as I review the year. I want us to go back there again this morning. In the same way that I've been reviewing my family roots, thinking about Leah's mom and thinking about my family, when we go to Acts 2, 42 through 47, we're reviewing our family roots. We're reviewing our history together. These early chapters of Acts are us remembering the stories of our history. The Spirit of God was poured out among them, and they were being birthed, and they were being formed. And what did it look like? And it's really interesting to think about that so many times before this moment in Acts, especially in the Gospels, primarily we see Jesus up to that point saying, shh, it's not time yet. But now... The time came, things accelerated, and the death and resurrection of Jesus led to the birth of the church of which we are a part of this morning. I love just, I want us to continue to tie those things together. Something that was begun then is still in existence today, and we're a part of that. Um, when I taught through the book of Acts one time, I looked at those letter ACTS, and I kind of saw an acrostic in there, which I like to do. And that acrostic is a continuing transformation story. That's what I think the book of Acts is. We leave the gospel stories, but the transformation is still continuing. And in these verses that we're going to look at briefly this morning, it reminds us of the particular part of our roots and heritage. And I think it sounds a little something like this. And this is audience participation. So get ready. This is what I think it sounds like. Come together right now. That's what I think it is. Let's do that again. Come together right now. I think that that in some ways is what Jesus was inviting them to. Come together right now over me it's about me. So, let's think for a second. Let's go on a little stroll here. When numbers are worth paying attention to, especially when it involves the dandelion gospel. And we'll talk about the dandelion gospel in a second. So, our heritage started out with 12 disciples. Minus one. That's hard. Plus one. Then look in Acts 1. Pop over to Acts 1 before we get to Acts 2. Look at verses 13 and 14. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying, and those present were Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. And they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there's some other names there besides the 12. 
Then look at verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. So now we see, we see the number 120 pop to Acts 2.41, just before our verses. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Numbers growing. It's not that the number is what's most important, but part of our heritage is, is the numbers were growing. Look at Acts 6.1. Pop over a couple chapters. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. But in that little tidbit there, we get again the number of the disciples was coming. And now let's just end by looking at 8 verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. The persecution came. Those scattered preached wherever they went. And this is the dandelion gospel. Standing in your backyard, picking up that little pesky white dandelion when it goes to seed, and you blow it and you watch those seeds, and you don't know where they're going to go. And the reality is, is that those of you in this room this morning who have hunger for Jesus because you were in relationship with Jesus, you can trace some of your Jesus roots back to Acts 8-4 when the persecution came and the dandelion gospel was real. And the seeds began to spread. The seeds of lies began to spread. Turn back with me to chapter 2. And I'm going to just read again. Verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They continued steadfastly. They were faithfully devoted Every day they continued to meet together. And this is the phrase that I just want to invite us to this morning as a way of just kind of an overview thought. They were hungry together. Everybody say hungry together. Now, not primarily Diane Cross carrot cake hungry. For those of you who know, you know. but they were hungry together. And that's, that's what I want us to think about just a little bit this morning. When we were together at family camp, I invited you to look at the different parts of Acts 2, 42-47, and I invited each of your groups to come up with just one-word descriptions of each of the little parts that we just read. And we came up with words like learning together and wondering together and sharing together and serving together time together, worship together, and welcoming together. I believe that we see that our roots are that they were hungry 
for Jesus together. Now, currently in this moment, Jesus is gone. They literally can't physically be with him. And so the movement of the Holy Spirit is happening. The next thing that's happening in these moments is, is what is being viewed by anybody who can or would want to see is a group of people who are actually wanting and seeking to be together with intention. After Jesus left, the most viewable thing that was happening was what was happening with this group of people. Now, just pause just for a second and think about the ride that these people have just been on. Take, take into consideration what I'm going to call the heart whiplash that they've experienced. Jesus has died, and there is deep grief. Jesus is resurrected, and there is crazy adrenaline excitement. Some people actually see him. There's wiping of eyes. And then, after he comes back, he's lifted up into a cloud and is now gone again. Just crazy heart-mind whiplash. I think it's easy for us to, to say those things but these people went through these sequences, and I believe that it was really impacting them in a really significant way. And you know, it's really interesting. I think that when especially significant things happen, um, I, I remember when I was in high school, and I remember that a friend was killed in a car wreck. It was early in the morning, and everybody just wanted to be together. You just wanted to go, you, if, and if if you heard news and you weren't at school, it was like you were drawn like magnets to wanting to be with one another. I believe that all that these early disciples had gone through, that when these moments happened and Jesus was gone, I just think that they wanted to be together. I think they were hungry to be together. But what's really interesting is, is that it was a click that was adding to itself so it wasn't closed off because it's not a click if the, one, if the Lord is the one adding to your number. So Jesus is gone. How are people being saved? Flip back over to chapter 1, verse 8, Acts 1-8. Jesus is gone. He's not there. He's not doing his public ministry anymore. Look at verse 8. Many of you will, will hear these words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What's happening? How are people being saved? God's using this band of folks to continue the dandelion gospel, even though he's not there anymore. Other people are noticing some kind of new life in that group of people, and they're curious about it. What are you hungry for in these days? Yes, Diane's carrot cake, now that I mentioned it. But apart from food, what do you find that you're hungry for? Students, would you be willing, any student in the room, you raise your hand. Thank you, Austin, I saw that hand. Students, raise your hand. You're like, Damon, don't make me do that. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Students, what are you hungry for in these current days? 
SNBC. What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for new life as the new year arrives? Do you notice any sense of a new hunger or perhaps a renewed hunger for God? Are you currently noticing anything that makes you curious about God? Is there any desire to want to come together with the people of God? I asked that question and I didn't want to just lay it out there without telling you one of mine. Um, Again this morning, there is a 9 a.m. prayer time that happens every Sunday morning. This is not a guilt trip. Everybody's invited. Nine o'clock is kind of early. I'm aware that it happens before everything really gets started. You know what? I think about that time during the week. We usually hear John or Kurt and the worship team rehearsing in here. We're in the library down at the end of the hall. I find that when I'm here during the week, and even when I'm not here during the week, I sometimes it will pop into my mind and think about gathering with the group of folks that gathers there on Sunday morning just to talk to God before the day starts. It's a really sweet time. And I find that I have hunger about that time. I want to be in that little band of believers on Sunday mornings. So, as you think about what you're hungry for, pay attention to those thoughts. Do you notice that you want to be with God's people? And then let's follow that up. Do you notice that you really don't have much desire to be with God's people? I think both are really valuable to pay attention to. Some of the more lively conversation may come out of the fact of just acknowledging with somebody, you know what, I don't really want to be with God's people very much. Just want to keep it real. I was thinking about the pandemic, and I'm not going to do something there because of time, but I was just thinking about what it was like when we went away from meeting together regularly and we were meeting across a screen. And I have such curiosity about what happened in all of us during that time. You know what the reality is? The pandemic is over. Some people aren't here anymore. You're here. Why are you here? Why are you here this morning? Are you here because this is a routine? This is just what you do on Sundays? Are you here because you're hungry for something? You're hungry for someone? I don't want us to rush by this part of our roots. The earliest part of the roots of us was that there was a group of people that were marked by the life of Jesus and they were really hungry to be together with each other. Now, as we noted the numbers earlier, I don't want to I don't the numbers earlier, I don't want to miss this is kind of amazing to me. This gathering of hearts that we see happening who were hungry to be together, it wasn't just from the core of Jesus's followers. Even in the 120 because we've added 3,000 in one day in one of the verses that we looked at. So surely this represented all the different nations. It represented different classes of people, and it represented different genders. It wasn't like a club of all of a, a club all of a sudden was converted into the big, bigger Jesus family. Strangers and enemies were all of a sudden converted into the bigger Jesus family. And I just want to invite you to think about this 
How can this be happening? Too many histories, too many economic classes, too many unique personalities, too many religious backgrounds, too many national feuds, too many family feuds, too many relational conflicts, too many doubters, too many diseases, too many questions, too many addictions. There's too many variables for this to be happening. But not with the power of God. Doesn't matter. The variables don't matter because the power of God is on the move. Um, I have been thinking about suggesting a church name change. Wow, I've only been here for three years and I all the gall. But I am actually thinking about a church name change. Now I haven't mentioned this to the elders yet, but this will be my this will be my formal entry. The initials will be SMGHBC. SMGHBC. Anybody know what that is? Anybody have any ideas? Signal Mountain General Hospital Bible Church. Because Jesus came for the sick. What if our SMBC identity, or should I say my, our SMGHBC identity was needy, sin-sick sinners welcome here? What if that's what our identity is? Needy, sin-sick sinners welcome here. Doesn't mean there's not challenges. We get to read the book of Acts to see what the challenges are. But we can't miss that they are hungry together and they were not people that have always been together. So catch this. Hmm, kind of interesting. A group of people who haven't always been together coming together and living together hungry for God ongoing. Is that still possible today? I wonder what you're up to at SMGHBC, God. Is this just a weekly routine? Are we in a rut? Are we hungry? Are we hungry together? Can the children of Signal Mountain General Hospital Bible Church be hungry for God? Even first-time hunger. Can the students of Signal Mountain General Hospital Bible Church be hungry for God? Even first-time hunger. Can the adults of Signal Mountain General Hospital Bible Church, that's harder to say than you may think it is, can the adults of SMGHBC be hungry for God, even first-time awareness of hunger for God? And can that hunger intertwine and intertwine more and more? In a post-Christian time, will our church wither and disappear, which we know is happening we know that's happening all around the world churches are withering 
and disappearing. In a post-Christian time, can our church be hungry together and flourish? This group of people are becoming members of the same family. They have this new life in common, and, and it made a difference in their life. And here's what I believe they have in common. They have need in common. What if the greatest thing about us was our need? I was a miserable failure. I was blind. I was a fool. I was spiritually dead. I was defeated. But Christ, the Son of God, loved me and gave himself for me while I was yet an enemy and rebel against God, even speaking and working against him while I was opposed to him with all the bitterness of my being. He loved me. He came into this world and took my sins upon himself. He bore my punishment. He died my death. He rose again, and now he is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God, ever living to make intercession for me and pray for me. It's all about you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus, at Signal Mountain General Hospital Bible Church. Do you notice any hunger for God in these current days? Do you notice any hunger to overlap with the Signal Mountain General Hospital Bible Church family in that hunger? And one practical way that I stumbled across in the last couple weeks that just really impacted me, and as I close... I'll just read this to you. One church in Austin, Texas, this is what they said. Leadership made a decision to start the preaching time by asking everyone to hold up their physical Bible as they opened in prayer. The first time this request was made, iPhones and Androids and one physical Bible went up in the air. The pastors challenged the room to bring their physical Bibles to church to underline circle words and write in their Bibles as the pastor preached. The goal was not to hate on smartphones, but rather to remove the distraction that they create while also building a bond with their physical Bible that goes beyond the Sunday pew. The result that this, when this request was made over the next six months, led to 75% of the church bringing their physical Bibles to church. Highlighting, circling, and underlining became common practice. Bringing your physical Bible to church and underlining, highlighting, and circling will not get you closer to Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. But I wonder, what does it look like for Signal Mountain Bible Church to be hungry together? in the new year, and I wonder if we would talk to each other about it. God, what are you up to here? Please, Lord, yes, here. Too many histories, too many unique personalities, too many economic classes, too many religious backgrounds, too many national feuds, too many family feuds, too many relational conflicts, too many doubters, too many diseases, too many questions, too many addictions, and too many variables at Signal Mountain General Hospital Bible Church for this to work. It's too many unless the power of God is on the move here. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Jesus, thank you so much for this new year. And I ask God, would you grow and cultivate 
new hunger in us. Maybe first time hunger. And would you allow that hunger then to be a hunger that we live together. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.